welcome to my podcast and my channel. Uh, thank you for tuning in from all around the globe. Um, it encourages me so much to have people tune in because I don't advertise. I don't, I'm not, you know, super popular. Um, so just to have people tuning in from different parts of the world, it just makes me feel like we are really watching for him and we're really wanting that information because he's pretty hidden right now. The Lord is pretty hidden. His truth is hidden and you know it's just so I'm so grateful to have any truth from him, any truth about these end times and it's so encouraging to have other people tuning in. So anyway I just want you to know that and praying for you. I recorded a podcast yesterday and it got erased so I was like well I'll try it again today so Hag Samak, Hag Pesach, Happy Passover and Happy Easter it's such a great weekend it's such a great um, time a holy time it's a great seven days of Passover and I'm so thankful I'm so thankful to be with the Lord and I'm so thankful that I know him and he knows me, mostly that he knows me and that I will be known fully one day. We will see him face to face. So hopefully sooner than later. Anyway, my podcast uh, is about the day of darkness, um, the wrath of the lamb, the why should we stay in the chambers? Um, uh, recently on March 20th, I saw this in the sky. I'll post the picture for those of you who are watching and I'll put it on the cover of the podcast. But I looked up in the sky and I saw a lamb and it was the wrath of the lamb. Like it was a lamb that looked angry and dark and the sky was pretty dark. And I was driving so I had my son take a picture of it. And when I looked at the picture, I saw that angry lamb, and then next to it, I saw a meek lamb that was meek looking and light, full of light. And it was just so cool. Like, it just made me think of um, the dual side of Jesus, how those of us who are clinging to him, we get that meek lamb, and those of the ones that will experience his wrath. Um, after the tribulation is over, we'll be getting that um, the wrath of the Lamb. And I, I just was thinking about that, thinking about the um, day of darkness. You know, he says his day is darkness and not light. So we are in that darkness. We're in that dark time. We're not in the wrath of the Lamb right now. We are, though. I believe, if you've been following me, that we are already in the tribulation and we are close to being out of the tribulation. So the Bible says clearly that immediately after the tribulation, the trumpet sounds, the Lord appears, and we're called up. So that day of the rapture will be here immediately after the tribulation. So... I believe the saints are being worn out. If you want to follow my videos, if you're new, you probably want to watch the more of the videos, uh, especially the week of Daniel. 
So we believe that we are in the last week of Daniel, and that started in 2017. And that things will be wrapping up sometime at the fall of 2024, according to the last week of Daniel. Now, the Lord can come anytime, and no man knows the day or hour, and we're all waiting for him. Uh, but he does give us clues, and he gives us signs to watch. So we've been watching those signs. I've been watching those signs. Um, calculating the last seven, if you want to look up that website, uh, that is the person who kind of stumbled on the calculations of that last week, which is the last seven years. So I won't go into all that. Uh, we do, you know, at the turning point, which was 2021, we were already having, you know, COVID. We we're having the COVID pass, which uh, means the mark in Hebrew, um, the green pass. Uh, we had the false prophet join, the two horns join, the grand imam and the pope. They all joined in February of 2021. So all these things are happening, but they're not happening in the way mainstream Christianity thought. So most people are missing the signs. And I'm sure I'm missing some signs. Uh, but anyway, I'm just trying to keep you informed as much as I'm being informed. A member of our team had a very clear word on March 24th of this year that the last year of the seven will be much different from the six. So the last year of that seven years, which is possibly starting at the end of September, beginning of October, around the Feast of Trumpets, um, that could be the worst year we're going to go through. Um, it could be, you know, much darker than it is now. So I felt like to me what the Lord was saying is I have six months till towards the end of September still that to just prepare and, um, you know, even though things are looking sort of normal, just uh make final preparations and whatever I might have to go through for that year. Now, I'm not a prepper. I don't have all this stuff saved up or anything. I just have things that the Lord has urged me to do and, and cautioned me to do. So I'm trusting in his manna and his hidden manna and all of that. But the, the significant of March 24th was, um, so the Hebrew calendar, we are in the year 6,023. And the year 6023 started on March 24th of 2023. So I think that that was significant. It was like this is the, the final year of the calendar until the last um, 6024, which will be the final half of that year. And it kind of doesn't make sense with the whole uh, our calendar and everything. But anyway, I urge you to look up the last week of Daniel on my um, videos and podcast. And so anyway, uh, then I thought it was interesting that Elon Musk and some of the big thinkers of the world, um, they have said, tried to put off AI for six months. Um, they're saying that, you know, we need more regulations for AI. So I thought that was interesting when they said six months, like, because, you know, the AI may be used against us and probably will be. Okay, so I wanted to read Isaiah 26 and verses 20 and 21 about staying in the chambers. So 
Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of the earth for their sins. So when I saw the lamb in the sky that looked like the wrath of the lamb, and that is a scripture in Revelation. It talks about the wrath of the lamb and the people running, like who can hide from the wrath of the lamb. It made me think of Passover from Egypt and how they had to put the blood over their doors and God's wrath was being poured out on Pharaoh in Egypt. And he is ultimately going to pour that out on the world Egypt. So it's a we're in kind of a worldwide Passover. And so entering the chambers is very important at this time. Um, now, do whatever God calls you to do. Obviously, you know, you need to go there or do that. But for, for me, he's really been urging me to stay local, be in the chambers. Um, the world is in chaos. I mean, the farms are being taken away from the farmers in Norway. They're going to do away with a third of the cows or something like that. The guns, the handguns have been taken away from Canadians. There's, you know, Brazil had a, a upheaval and an evil election, a stolen election. There's protests in, you know, France, and there's, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on in Australia and New Zealand. And these are just some of the countries I follow or, or listen about. There's horrific famines and horrible, horrific um, hunger going on in Africa. We have actually a personal friend who is helping orphans and elderly with food. So I'll put that link if you'd like to go fund me, uh, if you'd like to give in a GoFundMe. Um, we have a personal friend in Kenya that could really use your help. So we're in, we're in chaos and the, I, this is um, just something I wanted to bring out uh, because the dark, of course, is going to get darker. It gets more confusing what's really happening. You guys, I had the vision of the end of the universe. So I had a vision that changed my whole life. I saw the scrolling back of the universe. And the whole universe rolled up like a parchment and into itself. And I didn't even realize what I was seeing at the time. But all I saw was dark separating from the light. And the, you could not keep the dark and light together anymore. And it, all there was to trust in was Elohim and in the word of God. And you wanted to disrupt the word of God around you. So all of the dark went into the dark. So I'm assuming that's in the black hole. It's you're separated from him in that black hole or that black space. So I'm just saying this because I had after that in a horrendous intercession. So I can see in the spirit, I can see principalities and powers and angels and demons. And I've seen that my whole life. And it's not fun, but it's something I've called to do. And so I have fought uh, principalities. I have had the principalities over Islam appear to me. I have had principalities over territories appear to me. Um, and I fight as the Lord leads. So I'm only just fighting when the Lord's leading me to do something. And I had to, to make a long story short, I had to fight against the false birth of the Antichrist. So maybe the enemy thought it's time for Jesus is going to come now because the millennial is going to start, you know. 
but the bridegroom delays and I kept getting stuff about the bridegroom delay and I thought he was going to come and that I had to go into this intercession against the false birth of the Antichrist and it was the most horrendous uh, intercession I've ever been in. I could have never done it have I had I not seen the end of the universe because I was already completely detached to the sky and the sun and the moon and the earth and gravity. I was only just clinging to the word of the Lord. So I had the word of the Lord around me. That's all I had when I went to this intercession where I saw Michael the Archangel. I saw like you know, demonic principalities, and there were just thousands of demons. And the demons were so evil that they were trying to turn me against me. So they were trying to say to me that I was evil by fighting against the, the birth of the Antichrist, that that would be, I'm fighting against something good. So that's how confusing it's going to get, how are, what is good and what is evil. That's how confusing it could get in these end times with the false church and the false prophet. Um, and people doing good, but they call, we're being called evil. Uh, people are doing evil, but you're supposed to call it good. So it could be part of the reason we're supposed to stay in the chambers because we need to be local. We need to just be around real people. We need to just be out of the whole philosophy of the world and all the crazy, you know, systems of the world. So it could be also why the church age is over. It's better to just stay with family members or with a close group of Christians. It's better not to be in, you know, huge mega churches. So, because the other thing I've been getting really strongly too is uh, depart from me, I never knew you. I mean, depart from me, I never knew you. And I didn't even know how bad people could really get. I mean, I know the Pope is, you know, part of the false prophet, and I know that is all evil. Uh, you know, come out of the Catholic Church if, if you're in the Catholic Church. You're not evil, but the system of it is evil. So, but this guy, I'll just give you this little recording, maybe not on YouTube, but your other listeners will hear it. This guy, this is a leader of a church. He hates Jews. He cannot know the Lord. This person does not know the Lord. I won't be surprised if when he gets there, the Lord says, depart from me. I never We got that. The synagogue of Satan has destroyed the country. A Jewish man said to me, you know, we say never again. Never again will we be in an oven. Never again. I said, hold it. You can say that to men, but you can't say that to God. Because the Bible says, Behold, the day cometh that shall burn as a what? As an oven. And those who do wickedly, he will slay them and leave them neither root nor branch. seems to be predicting another holocaust there as best as I can tell. That leads me uh, into a dream I had recently around um, March also in the in March 14th. So a Jewish woman came to me in the dream, an older Jewish woman, and she said the most important thing going on right now is the war in Ukraine. And then she said they went for the bear, but they ate, they killed the bagel. 
So I felt there was something significant that is going to happen with Russia, but it's going to turn on the Jews. So when they ate the they killed the bagel, I felt like that was Jewish persecution. So um, I think there's a lot to watch there. I, I had another dream right after that what was going on wasn't really going on. So, you know, we think it's just this war with Russia and Ukraine, but what is the stage behind that to, you know, for persecution of Christians and Jews. Uh, so that's interesting. And then China, you know, has joined with Russia now and also North Korea and Iran. But there was also a joining with Brazil. And it could be why Brazil was overcome with their elections because there's been some kind of money joining with Brazil, Russia, and China that will end up devaluating the U.S. dollar. So um, there's so much going on, and I, of course, can't keep track of everything. But knowing that we are so close to the end, or we feel like we're so close to the end based on the um, possibility that 2017 was the beginning of the last seven years when the Revelation 12 sign happened, like we can be encouraged, we can be encouraged and we can, those of us who have been watching, um, I, even though people aren't getting exactly, you know, what I'm saying, um, the, the ones who are, I feel are really listening and watching, they're like, we're really close. Like we are so close. Like it's, we're so close. Like even the two witnesses, so we've done a study and I'm hoping to present it soon that the two witnesses may not be at all what what we thought those two witnesses would be. In fact, they could even be the Ten Commandments, the tablets of the Lord. And they the prophecies are being fulfilled in ways that we were just not aware of, like the trampling of the Temple Mount already happened. It already happened in May of 2018. The 2,300 days may have already started then, which brings us to exactly, again, the fall of 2024, which would be around the Feast of Trumpets. And wouldn't that be amazing if the Lord blew his, his trumpet, you know, on the Feast of Trumpets uh, at the last seven years of Daniel? So when immediately after the tribulation, which I believe we're in, that's when we're called up, so I believe that it could be true. The last year will be really dark. So the biblical, the mainstream view of the Antichrist, just throw it out because the little horn has already been doing work, is already doing work behind the scene. The man of lawlessness and the lawlessness, of course, is going to increase. Um, there's not going to be an Antichrist stamping everybody's head on the, on the, the forward. There's not going to be one man doing that, one person. So the beast system is already actively doing stuff. Um, every step you make out of the beast system is good. Like I just now have a project. So I'm an architect and I just have a potential project that could make a lot of money. But I felt really led by the Lord that it's going to lead me more into the beast system. And I really am wanting to do I do smaller projects and things that are helpful to get people you know into houses before you know things fall apart that kind of thing so it's little decisions it's you know whether you got the you know the V or whether you didn't get the V that kind of thing so anyway um, I think that's basically what I wanted to um, 
say. I, of course, I get a lot of stuff about the thief in the night um, being ready so we're not surprised. And also, I did have a dream where I was just at this, you know, restaurant thing and um, the enemy was all around me, but they couldn't see me. I was just sitting there. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> not something fun, but... Okay, so remember, uh, you know, I, I did a video of the um, uh, China and Russia invading the U.S. And that was based on some other people's videos, other people's words back in 2020. And I moved. Like, when I heard that video, I was so scared. I was like, they're going to invade us tomorrow, and I'm going to, you know, move to a safer spot, and just where I have a lot more family support. Well... I believe that people were listening at that time. The Lord really was having them move, and they really did give that warning that much so people could take heed. But since there, then, then there's been scoffers, and those words aren't true. You know, I had a word all the way back in 2000, I don't know, 19, about a surprise attack on NATO, and that hasn't happened yet, but that could happen any minute. And we could be invaded by Russia and China. Glenn Beck, uh, he was on Tucker Carlson the other night, and he was saying that we will be invaded by 2025. Now, hopefully everything's over by then, but it's possible we could be invaded. The prophetic words have, have been out. Now, the, the mark of the beast, when, it's in the, when the beast kingdom is in its complete fullness, um, we have studied this, that that only comes into fullness for one hour. So what does that mean exactly? Do we only have the beast, the mark for one hour? Or do we have six months of that and then it's completed in one hour? Like it's, and the beast system only comes together in that one hour to defeat Mystery Babylon, which we know is the false church, the false lies, the false, uh, you can watch my Mystery Babylon uh, video. It's really, really good. Um, Anyway, that's to take courage. Uh, take this warning seriously. The Lord said that you have six months to continue to prepare uh, however the Lord leads, whether it's to move or get some items or do whatever you need to do, pay off some bills, um, whatever you need to do. You have six months before we might be heading into that really dark, dark, dark time. So take courage that all of you are hearing from the Lord and you're, we're all a family together and that take courage that even though I don't have a lot of listeners, I have listeners from all over the globe in a lot of countries. And that to me means that we are hearing from the Lord. We are hopefully the true body of Christ, the true believers. I hope I am counted worthy to be in his number. I think about him all the time. And I would like to post part of my Jesus book here for your listening uh, for Passover. Um, and that is free on my podcast. The whole book is free, the audio book, and it's free on YouTube. So I'll just put a little excerpt in because we just want to honor the Lord and what he did for us um, all the way back in his uh, in his true Passover when he became our Passover lamb. All right, be encouraged and God bless you and thank you for tuning in. The Passion of Jesus, I Was Thinking of You Written by Miss Lorianne Matisse
Read for you by Chiquito Jochen Crasto. Scene 1 Setting The Mount of Olives Luke Chapter 22 Verses 39 to 52 The full moon lit up the long ridge paralleling the eastern part of Jerusalem in the Garden of Gethsemane as I knelt beside a rock all alone praying and thinking of you. My disciples were a stone throws away, sleeping. Only a few short moments ago, just before twilight, the pink glow of the sunset cast a flickering radiance on my people of Israel, who had begun to make preparations for the Pesach, the sacred Passover feast, which they celebrated once a year to remind them of their miraculous exodus from slavery in Egypt. With my head bowed solemnly, I contemplated the arduous path I would walk before the lambs would be slaughtered tomorrow at three o'clock in the afternoon, less than twenty-four hours from now. I had just finished eating the last supper with my disciples. In this final precious time together with them, I had attempted to etch an image into their minds regarding the events that would follow. I knew they could not fathom what I meant when I said, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will not eat any more until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 22 verses 15 to 16 As I washed each of their feet, one by one, I took note of their bewildered faces. Each of these men, except one, would understand later what I meant when I explained the actions of a true servant. The greatest among you will be a servant of all. Each of their precious feet will walk boldly after my death and resurrection, spreading the good news of my salvation. But I knew, as I expounded on the events to come, they were not fully aware of my father's plan, just as many of their contemporaries did not understand the first coming of their Messiah. I knew that tonight would change their lives forever. As they squabbled among themselves about who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, I spoke the words that sliced the air like a knife. Truly, one of you will betray me. My disciples were very sorrowful when they heard this and discussed among themselves whom it might be. The twelve were very close. How could it be any of them? they wondered. I caught Judas's eye as he dipped his bread into the cup. I knew what he would do. He knew what he would do. He had already chosen the crooked path that lay ahead of him this night. Woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed! It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. I felt sad for Judas as I spoke these words, but I knew his actions would not be altered. He had made his decision. I would now need to focus on my decision, a decision which held more weight than his, more weight than any human could ever imagine. During the dinner, I felt so close to my beloved disciples. Peter, James, and John, who sat so very near me, hanging on every word I spoke. 
as I broke the bread. I wished this time of fellowship would last forever. In one sense it would last forever, as I was to become the bread of eternal life. Take it and eat. This is my body given for you. As often as you eat, remember me. Luke chapter 22, verse 19 As the disciples passed the bread around the table, I was certain my sincere followers did not understand what I meant. How could they? The ways of my Father in heaven are much higher than the ways of man. His thoughts are much higher than their thoughts. I took the cup of wine and gave thanks to my Father in heaven. This cup is my blood of the covenant between Yahweh and his people, which is poured out for you and for the world. Truly, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 22, verse 20 Even though we sang a psalm together after the supper was over, I could not shake the heaviness in my spirit as we headed toward the Mount of Olives. I wished the feasting with my loved ones could have lasted all night, but alas, I knew what lay ahead. I knew what I must do. I would become the feast of Israel. I had prophesied to them that they would all fall away because of what I must go through tonight. This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Matthew chapter 26 verse 31 Peter, determined to be steadfast to the end, had quickly declared, Though they fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Although I appreciated his bravery, I was deeply acquainted with his secret heart, as well as his innermost thoughts. This gregarious fisherman, who had become one of my first disciples, was physically strong and willing, but the strength that would be required this night would be not one of the body. The strength tonight would be one of the soul. Peter, who had been called Simon, would emerge as a rock on which I would build my church, but not until he had endured a great trial. He did not understand when I said to him, Simon, 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 Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Peter replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. But I answered firmly, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Luke chapter 22, verses 31, 32, and 34. The time had come for the Son of Man to be lifted up. As we continued our journey to the garden, also called the oil press, on the lower slopes of the Mount of Olives, the golden lantern moon cast a shadow of my body onto the hillside. It was a long shadow, a looming shadow, a shadow of death. I reflected on David's twenty-third psalm. 
as I walk through the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. This comforted my soul. I thought of my disciples' faces before we parted, as they questioned me with their eyes full of wonder. I returned their gaze, looking deeply into each of their souls. I would overthrow the Roman government in a few days. They might have been asking themselves if they had the courage to fight for my kingdom. Possibilities and scenarios of the events to come crowded their minds, but I had already spoken. As I soberly left to pray, I asked them to join me. Stay with me, and keep watch with me. But alas, they were very sleepy. I had to keep alert. It was vital for me to keep watch. I watched and prayed, for after all, I knew what I must do. As I began to pray, I did not notice the beauty of the moon's shadows playing softly on the branches of the olive trees, for all the while I was thinking of you. My soul was sorrowful, even to the point of death. My knees began to ache, for I had been here quite some time. Tears began to fall as I prayed for you. The tears felt heavy. Each tear seemed to represent one soul, each precious human soul of every generation who depended on me at this moment to make the decision that would save their life forever. Great drops of thick red blood began to fall down my face. I had never sweated drops of blood before. I asked my Father in heaven if there was any other way, for I knew the decision I had to make. I was thinking of you, as well as all of humanity hanging in the balances between heaven and hell. I was fully aware of the cup that was set before me. I knew the liquid I must drink, the liquid of my Father's perfect judgment, the price of redemption. The cup contained the bride price for each soul. The Father's price for His beloved people would require a blood sacrifice. The cup I must accept is the will of the Father. The cup contained molecules of you, your life, your decisions, your sin, your death, but more importantly, your inherent need for atonement. The cup held the Garden of Eden, the fall of humanity, the sins of Adam and Eve, as well as the sins of every person who had ever lived, who was living now, or will live on the earth after tonight. The cup held the solemn words, No other way but His way, the perfect way, the way, the truth, and the life of me, Messiah, Jesus. If I died for many, the way would be complete. I contemplated the way which would be paved in my blood as I prayed and wept. Father, if it is possible, if there is any other way, let this cup pass from before me. I tasted blood on my lips and tongue as the drops of blood streamed down my face into my mouth only a foretaste of what was to come. 
I heard a band of soldiers approaching in the distance. I could hear their angry voices, but they faded from view, for, after all, I was thinking of you. Jerusalem of God.